priests of Haiti, the Tibetan numerologists of Appalachia, the unsolved mysteries of unsolved mysteries. This, this right here, is the Reddit Explains Conspiracy, Controversy, and the Unknown podcast, where your hosts, Sam Wilder and Addie Love, we're going to dive into the deepest recesses of Reddit with content every day. Yep, it's going to get a little weird and a little spooky, and we're excited to get going. Let's do it. Did you ever want to be a spy? Oh, always as a kid. Oh, yes. I was always playing spies. Yeah, just like secret covert operations and sneaking around in codes and everything. Well, today we're going to talk about spy codes in real life. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's from that same Ask Reddit, um, what what is the scariest, creepiest theory you know about? This is another comment section of that post. Love it. So... It's by Tintin Abulation, and it says, I find number stations to be pretty creepy. Stations. Number stations. So, number stations. He says their purpose is technically a theory, as the groups that broadcast them won't officially confirm even their existence for the most part. Essentially, spying is still a very real thing for most world governments. One of the most foolproof ways of delivering a coded message is through a one-time code, a code used just once before being discarded. Your spy has the key, you have the message, and once the key is used, it is discarded, and the next message is sent using a different key. Additionally, shortwave radio is an extremely secure way of sending these messages. It sounds weird that a radio station anyone with a shortwave radio can listen to would be considered secure, but the beauty of the method is that shortwave radios are ambiguous, cheap technology throughout most of the world. So what looks more suspicious, a person traveling with a radio or a person traveling with a sophisticated computer or satellite phone? Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So they use these shortwave radios to send numbers. Mm Mm-hmm. While the signal can be received by anyone, it leaves no record of who received it and can be and can't be intercepted and traced by a middleman. So it's not traceable. And they don't care if you listen, because the stream of numbers is nothing without the code. And because you're using a one-time code, it can't be cracked, as it's randomly generated and used once. The only time a one-time code has ever been broken was an instance where the code was reused. So, it's just like I, this idea that essentially if you have a shortwave radio, you can listen on a highly secret spy communication from countries all over the world. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Pretty crazy. The more you know. Yeah. Apparently, um, your spy tunes in to the radio at a specific time on a specific day and writes down the numbers, decodes the message, discards the key, and no one is any of the wiser. So most stations are identified by a call sign or a little jingle, or these can range from a kind of cute and cheerful to pretty eerie sound sounding. If you listen infrequently, you'll hear messages repeated over and over until one day they change up. Mm. It's believed that they'll repeat the message until the spy can communicate that they've received it. So you can also listen in on countries jamming the communication, either by broadcasting state radio on the same signal or trying to jam it with noise or static. 
So you think that, that the frequency of these transmissions would have gone down after the Cold War, but they're still going strong. The very first number stations appeared in the early days during World War I. I find it fascinating, but also super creepy that all of this secret communication is happening right out in the open for us to tune into at any time without any way of us knowing who it's intended for or what's being transmitted. Mm. Yeah. Kind of crazy, huh? It's perfect. Played in hi- like hide in plain sight. Uh-huh. Wow. Someone's Pretty much. Um, he goes on... I'm trying to find it. He goes on to talk about the way that it works. Okay. Like... Yeah. Your station. Amber station. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. So, I used to read numbers and oddities often. The thing is, unless you're recording and documenting every single broadcast to look up similarities, listening to a single number station can get kind of dull. Mm-hmm. Because it's just numbers and you have no idea what they mean but okay um, let me get this straight yeah on a number station you're just reading numbers mm-hmm and there's maybe like a jingle or two uh-huh right? apparently huh i've never heard it yeah i've never tuned into a number station either hmm. but apparently this is what happens when you're recruited you're given your key this is presumably something um innocu- innocuous is that work? Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. And not easily found. Maybe something very small you magnify. Every key is a numbers to letters key. Completely randomized. So the sender codes their message with a completely different but matching key to get a number for each letter. Using their key, they translate the message's letters to numbers. You write down the sent numbers and you use your corresponding key to decide your instructions. The messages are typically short as the encoding process can use up to five numbers for a single letter. So once the... Yeah, it's pretty intense stuff. But if you think about it, a number station is only ever doing numbers. Mm -hmm. So once the message is received, each side destroys their key. Because each side uses a different key and the key was created randomly, anyone else who intercepts the message just has a bunch of random numbers. No code cracking can be done. Mm. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't, like, not for entertainment, but I want to hear or find those numbers. Yeah, just to listen. Yeah. Because apparently that means that spies are are still at work today, which is kind of exciting because I low-key still want to be a spy. Spies are so real. Yeah. People gathering information. Maybe non-government spies. Oh, yeah. Like, secret organizations and people with agendas trying to either hurt the world or protect the world. But, do people that hurt the world, is their intention to protect it? Like the time-traveling one? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Or, like, how many times... This has always driven me crazy in movies. There's always, like, a bad guy, Mm -hmm. but the bad guy thinks that what he's doing is good. Right. Because... Yes, exactly. He thinks what he's doing is so good to, like, help get rid of poverty and like help people like not be limited in their resources and everything so he's like I know exactly what to do I'm going to destroy half of the population in the universe and that'll solve the problem now that's a controversial one too yeah yeah so it's like are the spies is a good spy actually a good spy or is that just our perception of it 
Yeah. And is a bad spy actually a bad spy? Probably. But they do they think that what they're doing is right? I think some of the time, probably, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. There's another conversation starter. Yeah. Because when I was younger, I was like, what if I... Like, how do I know that the people I fought, like, that the good guys are actually good guys and not bad guys who I agree with what they're doing? Yeah. And that, like, like, you feel like maybe you're being brainwashed. Yes. I was, like, terrified of that as a child. Really? Yes, because I was like, I want to make sure that if I'm rooting for the good guy, that they're actually a good guy and they're not just a bad guy trying to, like, help people in an awful way. It's going to be deceiving. Yes. That's a fair point and something people should be aware of in real life. Yes. And maybe you can figure all that by listening to spy codes and cracking them. <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's the answer to all your questions. Yep. Spy codes. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, we'll catch you next time. Thanks again for listening. Yep. Have a good one. Bye.